What's up, everybody, and welcome to College Basketball Recruiting Weekly, and we are coming to you from the Overtime Elite Building here in Atlanta, Georgia, where OTE has just finished up their pro day. I'm 24-7 Sports Director Scouting Adam Finkelstein. He's Director of Basketball Eric Bossi. Eric, what did you think about what we just saw here today? I thought it was a really productive day. You know, there's a lot of uh, opportunity for these kids today because not, not only had, I think, all but one NBA team, so 29 out of 30, in about 25, 30 schools, I counted at least 12 high major head coaches here. So good opportunity to see the guys that we knew about and also get to learn a little bit more about the some of the younger guys and learn about the depth of the program in general. Yeah, in total, I'm told there were well over 100 NBA scouts and college coaches. As you said, 29 of the 30 NBA teams were here. Want to start with a little bit of a uh, 30,000 foot view of OTE as a program. This, they've only, they're still a new entity, but yet we've seen them evolve so much. My biggest takeaway, I think, having been here last year and then again this year, is the overall depth of the program and the growth in that, especially as it relates to college prospects. This is now um, one of the most fertile recruiting grounds in the entire country. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, you know, now it's um, just as much about coming and seeing the kids because there's not as many pro prospects here. Like, yeah, they're all the NBA teams, but for the NBA guys, it's more about getting an advanced look on guys. But now we've got the Carter Knoxes of the world that are here. You know, we've got the Bryson Tillers of the world, guys that are, you know, five-star prospects in their respective class that are going to be taking a college throughout. This isn't a man or a Sar Thompson who's strictly an NBA prospect. You know, it's really developed into they still got the program but like someone that probably needs to be looked at more on par with like the Montverts and the Brewsters and some of those places in the world that are you know stockpiling talent as high school programs and the other thing here is when they go into season mode they've got three different teams here so in terms of the amount of overall talent now this year to be clear they're gonna have a combination of pro prospects people who were here from the beginning or at least in their second year here and then ones who have maintained their amateurism status so they're eligible to play college basketball um, let's we're gonna talk primarily about the guys headed to play college basketball who impressed you most today um, I'll go back to the two guys that I just mentioned with Carter Knox and um, Bryson Tiller Tiller is a top five guy in our class of 2025 and he looked like it today he was making jump shots he was making smart drives with the ball he really seems to be settling into being a four and being that skilled four guy who can face up and also attack the rim some and then Knox, you know i was most impressed with him hitting spot up jump shots he was making open catch and shoots he was competing physically he was getting after things athletically he was really getting after it defensively so the two guys that you would have thought would stood out really did stand out and you know, I got a chance to talk to both of those guys yesterday. We, you and I were here last night, Monday night, interviewing a variety of top players here. Um, got a chance to talk to both of those guys. Bryson Tiller, it was really interesting to me because I was pretty candid with him. I said, hey, you know, like, we've seen your skill set get drastically better over the years, but sometimes I just want you to go inside and beast people. You know, you got a seven foot two wingspan, you're 6'9", you're strong. And here's, a, here's a, a look at what he had to say about that. I thought it was a great answer. There's definitely a balance, you know, playing with the size that I have, you know. But the main thing is for me is just like to stay aggressive, you know, mm -hmm. whether that be taking mid ranges, taking threes, or, you know, getting to the rim and using my size. Um, the main thing, like I said, is just to be aggressive and, you know, to keep my foot on their necks. That's really it. All right, as we said, really strong performance here from Bryson Tiller. Basically did what we asked him to do, went inside, still showed that smooth skill set, and it's an expanding skill set for his size. It's really made strides over the years. Yeah. 
No doubt. It's like you say, he's he's gotten out of that mode where he wants to just hang around on the perimeter and shoot jump shots. He showed he's got low block game. He surprised me with some of the passes he made today were really, really sharp, really impressive. And it also speaks to, you know, I, I think he's got an advantage that he's in his second year in the program. He knows the drill. He knows what's expected of him. And he's kind of like one of the leaders of the program. And I really think he showed that out there. You mentioned Carter Knox as well. I thought he had a very strong game. Uh, when we got into the five-on-five five portion of the day, made shots. I thought he defended as well. And he's one of these players who's really interesting because he's uncommitted. So he's got a, a, a group of schools here to see him and potentially ones that aren't even on his final list. Really kind of intriguing to see what happens with his recruitment. I, I thought it was the shooting and the defense. We've talked about his long wingspan. Anything else that really stood out to you about his game tonight? You know, I'll go back. I mentioned the the spot up jump shooting yeah. was good. I, it, defense and just that he plays within himself. He doesn't try and do too much. You know, he's not a guy who's going to really deck it a lot and dance with the ball. And so he doesn't do that. He he does things. You know, he's he's efficient with it. And like you mentioned, the college stuff he had. He had Kenny Payne from Louisville plus Nolan Smith and assist down here. He had Orlando Antigua, assist from Kentucky, out here to watch him. USF, where another one of his brothers is at, was here to watch him. So he's Kim got Kim English, school. Providence head coach. Yeah, is here Kim to English, see him. Providence. You know, he, he, and, and speaking of Kim, one of his guys is committed. Yeah, was really good today. Oh, we're going to talk Davis. about him gonna, in a minute. Yeah. We're going to get to him, but yeah, you know, I think Carter came in as a top 15 player of the country, and I think he represented himself as that. All right, we spoke to Carter yesterday. He's got some pretty ambitious goals coming up for the next couple of years. Give it a listen. Obviously, what's more important is, you know, who's going to make me a pro? Mm. What program is going to make me a pro? You know, I ain't trying to stay, you know, three, four years. I want to be a one and done. I want to get there as quick as you can. Quick as I can, you know, yep. get to the league, top ten. So whoever, whatever program can maybe do that, I'll be the one. All right, Bossy, you said it. Daquan Davis already committed to Providence. And if you were Kim English in this building here today, you had to be excited because I don't know that there was a more impressive guard uh, at OTE Pro Day than Daquan Davis. What'd you think? Yeah, what he did is he brought the juice. Right. Like the energy was there. He was not only individual energy, he was giving energy to his teammates. He was talking everyone up. He was making sure everyone understood, like, you know, don't keep your head down if you miss a couple shots. So that was really impressive to me. And, you know, when you're Kim English and you're looking at your future point guard, having him come in and be a guy who's a leader and doing those, you've got to be really excited about what you saw. Yeah, he and I talked about that. Daquan and I talked about that yesterday because it's not just the mentality. It's the fact, even from a from a scheme perspective, on the defensive end of the floor, when you have a guard who you can start possessions with, who can push the ball to a sideline, helps you establish the weak side of your defense, and then that doesn't even take into account what you get from a culture perspective when you have somebody who sets that tone. So here's a, here's a look at what he had to say about that in terms of bringing that perspective to the next level. I pride myself on that okay. because, you know, there's not a lot of guards that like to do the dirty work. No. You know, you know like, I, I feel like the league looks at guards because, you know, nobody wants a scoring guard anymore. Everybody's looking at the 6'10 dudes that can shoot the basketball. Yeah, yeah. So I, I pride myself on defense and being able to run a team. My whole life I've been, like, a defender. Like, when I was younger, I didn't even look to score. My dad had to force me to score. Really? I didn't even – I'd just go to the corner and just sit in the corner and just go play defense all the whole game. Wow. All right, we talked about the guards, or at least one of the guards who stood out in Daquan Davis, the best big man in the building today. In my opinion, this this could be debatable, but in my opinion, it was Big big Somto. What'd you think? 
Yeah, Sompto, you know, I just mentioned about Daquan Davis having the juice. When it comes to the big guys, Sompto had the juice. Like, he was running the floor hard. He was catching tip dunks. He was catching lobs. He was talking trash to the other big guys. Like, he's, he's a physically intimidating dude when he wants to be now. Is he the most skilled guy? Is he someone that you're going to throw to on the block and say, hey, go get us a bucket? That's not him yet. But say, hey, go beat a man through sheer effort for an offensive rebound? Yeah, he can do that. And he's going to run the floor hard. He's athletic. He tests well. You know, he's a guy that really, I thought, helped himself today and is a guy that maybe isn't going to be one of those one-and-done types of Kentucky they're used to with the big guys. But they give him a little time and focus on his development. He could be a guy that – terrorizes guys in the SEC as a junior and a senior. Now, part of the OTE Pro Day was BAM testing, which uh, stands for Basic Athletic Measurements. Santo, here are his numbers. He measured in at six foot ten with a seven foot seven wingspan, which is just absolutely off the charts. And it's not just the length; it's the power, it's the explosiveness. And you know, one of the things we see there's a couple different dynamics to explore here, but one of the things we see in high school with players who are physically dominant is that when they transition up levels and they run into players who are just as strong and athletic as they are, they, they struggle to evolve. Um, I think Santo's gonna be physically dominant at the next level as well. You, you spoke to the fact that ultimately his game is going to have to evolve, but I think what we saw today translates to the college level. I think he can rim run, I think he can block shots, I can, think he can finish, be an emphatic finisher, a lob threat, a shot blocker, and if he plays with the motor we saw today, big guys like that help you win college games these days. It's a, it's a different scenario and calculus for what works in the NBA, but what we saw translates to college. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Kentucky just had a lot of success with Oscar, right? Big right. Oscar Sheeway. And I'm not saying Sompto is Oscar, but a lot of the things that made Oscar such a successful player are traits that Sompto has. And, you know, if you can build up some of the offense like they did with Oscar, you know, you really, you really got a chance to do something there. All right, you mentioned Oscar. Ironically, I asked Sompto about that comparison uh, yesterday when we sat down. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, that's the best uh, situation for me because mm -hmm. I went on a visit. I, I've always been a fan of Kentucky even before I came to America because I watched most of the game in uh, Nigeria. I watched the YouTube highlights. Um, yeah, so I've been a fan from you know, day one. So. Yes, because I went on a visit last year. Yeah. I, um, I get a chance to meet him in person and I spoke with him and, you know, we have like a really good uh, conversation. So. All right, Bossy, obviously Santo, not the only high-profile big man here. In fact, you could make the argument there's more high-profile big men here than there is anywhere in the country. You've got John Bull and Peyton Marshall as well. Um, I'll give you your pick. Who do you want to start with? Um, I think I want to start with Peyton a little bit because I had a chance to sit down and talk yeah. to Peyton and kind of get an idea of seeing what, what makes him tick, and cause, especially because he's a really interesting fit for me in Missouri because Dennis Gates is kind of playing a new-age style incorporates a lot of NBA terminology, a lot of concepts, and Peyton's a little bit more of a throwback guy. You know, right. he's, he's a big, big kid, you know, he's pushing 300 pounds, he takes up a lot of space. He's a guy who needs a little bit more time to operate, and when he does go and really establish himself in the post, he can do some things. He's got good hands, he's got soft touch, he's really a nifty passer out of the post is probably what stood out most. Now if we can get in a little bit better shape and turn up that effort a little bit and, you know, show that there is is a friendly guy inside of him. It's one of the things that he talked about was, like, people just think he's big and gruff, but, like, once you get to know him, he's got a little bit of a teddy bear in him. You know, just kind of mix and match those things, and I think it could be really well for him. All right, let's check out that clip now. I feel like uh, people look at me and think of me as intimidating. I mean, I don't really walk around too 
too frowned up, but some people can say like, just my resting face kind of look mean, but uh, I'm an approachable guy. I feel like I'm really someone you can interact with. I ain't gonna just be like no, no head in the clouds kind of guy. I can interact with people really well and talk to them and just have whole conversations. I ain't no mean guy who push you away just because I feel like I'm above somebody or nothing like that. So I'll say I'm a real, I wouldn't say friendly because like some people can strike you the wrong way, but as far as that, I feel like I'm easy to talk to on somebody you can approach and don't be scared to walk up to just say what's up. Come the right way, but like, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, one of the other top big men here at OTE is John Bull, and I spoke to John yesterday. I said to him, I think you're maybe the best defensive big man in the country, and we, we broke it down. What I was most impressed with with John Bull is when we talked to him about his game, and I, I said to him, I said, I'm going to give you the scouting report. You tell me where I'm off. And not only was he, not only did he co-sign my scouting report, but more importantly, when we started talking the game and talking like pick and roll coverages and, and schemes, he's got a really good understanding of the game. Yeah, he does. He's kind of a, I don't know if you want to call him an old soul, but when you, when you speak to him, it's like talking to a grown-up, you know, the way he understands things, the way he sees things. You know, kids seem to be concerned about me, 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 and yes, He's concerned about being better as an individual, but he's a team-oriented guy. He does little things. He rotates at the right time. He's active on the offensive glass. He seems to have a good sense for what is going to work for him and what's going to work for him in the framework of a team, and he showed that out in the scrimmages today. And although he's still new to the game, he's been really well coached. Sunrise Christian last year, Luke Barnwell, Mocan Elite. He talked about both of those things. Here's Give it a listen, and I think you're going to be really impressed at his ability to articulate and think the game beyond his obvious uh, physical gifts. Um, it was a big year for me, my junior year playing on a you know, Coach Luke is a really big coach. Sunrise Christian, a really big program in terms of basketball. So, you know, like, you know, playing over there, getting all that experience under Coach Luke, you know, everything, like, I literally picked up a lot of things from Coach Luke. So, um, it's coming here right now and ultimately going to college and, you know, going to the next level. I feel like, um, you know, like the small things, like your AAU team, your mm. high school team, these are the little places where, you know, you start building, uh, building good habits. Yeah. And all of that, I would say, my AUT, Morecan, like, you know, Morecan is a winning program. 100%. And it's a program that, you know, like, there's a lot of coaching. Yep. It's not just go play, just go hoop. There's a lot right. of coaching. The same thing in Sunrise. Like, right. you know, like, coaches will hold you accountable to, you know, what you say you would do. And if you're not doing it at that time, like, there's, like, a lot of things that just kept building up to it. So playing at Sunrise and playing for Morecan, then coming here, like, I feel like it's much, much easier for me. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talented guys here at, at right. overtime. So, like, this much talent, usually there's not a lot of things that separate it. So the one thing that will separate you from a lot of other talents is, you know, how quick can you retain information? Mm. Um, uh, can, do you listen? Like, usually there's, like, yeah. listening and there's hearing stuff. That's so, like, you got to listen. You know, when coach is telling you a drill, do you want, like, you're going to see somebody do it. You're going to mess up if you see somebody do it and being told that this is what we're doing. Right. So, like, it's like the small things that, you know, it's small, simple things, but these are obviously the things that I think separate a lot of, you know, talented dudes. All right, boss. Now, I was asked the question. Uh, I jumped onto one of the OT broadcasts because they broadcast all their games here. It's available on their YouTube channel. Um, if there are ever any surprises anymore. And I said, actually, there was a surprise for me today, and there were a couple of surprises because we, we alluded to this. There's some players here that are still pursuing the professional pathway, uh, including a couple of players from South America. 
the player who caught my eye right off the bat was uh, Samis Calderon. I mean, let, let's get these these measurements. And he had previously been at the NBA Academy. I think you'd even seen him mm -hmm. before. Measured out uh, six foot seven and a half with a seven foot five wingspan. So when you're talking about a wing, you've got positional size, you've got positional length, um, you got some athleticism. I had not seen him play before today. Um, he made some shots in the drill work that made me think, man, this is a really interesting guy, potential three and D type prototype. But then wasn't necessarily dynamic when the game started, but he was comfortable putting the ball on the floor. So there was there was a lot of tools and there was a lot of versatility. He, to me, was the most pleasant surprise today. What were your thoughts on him? Yeah, um, like I said, he's a guy that I got to see during the summer. And the size, the athleticism all check out. Getting to see what he can do in the skill work situation was good because the shot did look good. It looked like he looked comfortable shooting it. Now it's just a matter of bringing it all together during a game. And part of that maybe you know, he's facing a language barrier right now. Mm. He's in a completely new situation. You know, it probably was a surprise to him to see as many coaches and NBA guys out there. So you want to give him a little chance to adjust, but I'm really curious to see where he is by the end of the year. And as I said, on this show, we are focused primarily on the players following the college track. But to be sure, there are plenty of NBA prospects here. It's why there were 29 different scouts and front office uh, people here. Um, some of the quick names to mention, Nate Misa Dio, uh, and I apologize if I mispronounced that, six foot nine with a seven foot seven and a half wingspan. I mean, that is just ridiculous. Um, I remember last year he jumped off the page because of his physical tools. There's been a progression in his skill set. It's got to keep progressing, but I think with that body type, with that athleticism, he's going to be a name that NBA scouts are going to continue to track and monitor for his development. Um, I want to ask you now, turn that page and talk about some of the young guys who have multiple years left of high school basketball. Talked about Bryson Tiller. You got a chance to sit down with Mikel Brown yesterday. What were your impressions of him through our two days in Atlanta? Yeah, so Mikel is an interesting guy because he's very, very mature and balanced for a high school kid. He actually spent a lot of time during our sit-down speaking about that maturity and the balance and how important that is to him and also setting a good example for his, for his younger brother and younger sister. And you can see that like when he plays, I don't want to say he's too cool for school, but he's almost too mature for his own good out there. Like, you know, I'd like to see a little more fire from him, amp things up a little bit, because as that point guard and as that leader, that's what he's going to be expected to do. So I think that's going to be the focus for him moving forward. Are there any other young guys that you've been, because we know this and we've talked about this, when, when Bossy and I are at the same event, typically I go to the older kids and you go to the younger ones, and then we, we cross-pollinate as much as we can. But who were the young kids who, who really resonated for you tonight? Yeah, so they've got some freshmen in the program, and there's one in particular that really stands out to me, and that's Lincoln Cosby. Yeah, no doubt. He's a six foot eight, long wing from from Ohio, who I had a chance to see during the summer. Six foot nine, according to the BAM six measurements. Six foot nine, yeah. Yep. So, and probably well over seven foot wingspan. I'm six sure eleven. Six eleven, close. Not bad. But he's, you know, he's a guy still only 14 years old. Yep. Doesn't turn 15 for a couple more months, but he can shoot it. He can put it on the floor. He's out there doing windmill dunks already. Like. We haven't seen very many guys in the class of 2027 no. yet, but if there are five better pure prospects at that age in the country right now, then that class is going to be off the charts. Yeah, he's just oozing talent. And I think, you know, we've talked about this time and time again. When you are as talented, as obviously talented as someone like he is, listen, it doesn't take you or me to, to say, wow, this kid's really good. Anybody walks in here is like, who's that guy? Right. The key is to maintain your humility, continue to work hard, continue to develop, and realize you're, you're like the, the first step 
of the first lap on the race. Any other young guys you want to highlight? Um, no, I think uh, there's a big guy, Marcus Ponder, who's mm -hmm. almost seven feet tall and just ginormous too. Like it's, yeah. there's a lot of really big guys in this program. Seven, seven and a half wingspan and for Marcus Ponder. He was able to, you know, trade blows in the paint with guys like Peyton Marshall, Jazir Jackson, you know, big 300 pounders that are older than him. So he's a guy that we had heard about, but hadn't got a chance to see. So getting first eyes on him was interesting. He's definitely going to be a guy we track. And unless there's any other young kids you want to mention. No, I think we're good. All right. We forgot a very important name as we talk about some, some of the uh, top prospects here. I think we checked off most. most. Cannon Catchings, yeah. a, a player that I got to sit down with last night. I had the same impression today that I did when I watched him in the USA Basketball 19 and under training camp. There's moments where you're watching a play, he doesn't seem to be in it, and then all of a sudden, he's right there above the rim. And it's it's those quick, kind of instinctual plays and the ability to cover the court. And although he's, you know, he's, he's older, it's not like he's 16 years old, but there's still so much untapped potential. And I know you went to see him during the high school game last year. What have you seen between then and now? So he's gotten a little bit bigger. He's gotten a little bit stronger. And we're talking about a kid that not only has natural ability, he's got great bloodlines. His mother was a big-time college player. His aunt, Tamika Ketchings, is a WNBA legend. His grandfather, Harvey Ketching, played several years in the NBA. And he's a guy that, just like you say, he's just he's kind of going along. And the next thing you know, boom, he's right there for a putback. Or boom, he crosses a guy over and hits a pull-up jump shot. Now it's getting that consistency on his jump shot, particularly the release up at the top of it. He gets that, but he's going to Purdue. They really develop guys. Matt Painter is known for finding these under-the-radar guys, and he got Cannon committed way before anyone really knew who he was. But now he's bringing in a level of talent that they're maybe not quite used to having with the base level of talent. And if they can develop him like they've developed some overachievers there, then he's a guy that could have you know possible potential to only a one- or two-year stay in college. You know, the other thing that stood out to me when I talked to him yesterday is he's very quiet at first. But when the personality comes out, it's kind of like watching him play. It's like, whoa, there's a lot there. Here's a, here's a glimpse of, uh, of my talk with Cannon Catchings yesterday. Family connections, I mean, sometimes it's good to have, sometimes I'd rather not have it because then other people just say, well, you had this because that's your aunt or that's your grandfather. So. And tell us about your aunt. My aunt, I mean, she helps me a lot. Tamika Catchings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she helps me a lot. I mean, just watching her whenever I was younger in the gym, always shooting, always working, I'd be on the other court trying to do the same things that she was doing. And they always tell me the same thing. Okay. Just to work on being more aggressive, rebound more, be more assertive on the court. All right, back here with Eric Bossi. Eric, I want to finish this up. Uh, talk about two of the top uncommitted seniors. Um, number one is a guy that you have been a constant advocate for, and that's Ja'Kai Howard. Um, there's a lot at stake there's a lot of pressure on these kids in an environment like today. Um, regardless of how often, like how many shots a kid makes on a particular day, I think his tools and talent were very obvious here today. And as I said, you're a big proponent of him. So tell me what you see in him. Yeah, so with Ja'Kai, one, the physical stuff is unmissable. Like he's freak show athlete. He's long. He can. He just moves different than other guys right there. No doubt. And, and to play at the highest level, you got to be able to move at the highest level. Mm -hmm. So he's got that down. And you know, OTE has a has a kind of a docu mini series on Amazon Prime that I sat down and watched all the episodes of that, and got to see a kid who's really fighting with a lot of pressure mm. to be great and to help take care of his family. 
and maybe struggles with that sometimes, but watching him in comparison to how he went through these same workouts last year compared to today, I saw a much more focused guy. I saw a guy who was engaging with his teammates more. Now, were there times where he tried to do a little bit too much? Absolutely. Put the ball on the floor too much, took a couple of bad jump shots, but he was there playing above the rim. He was finishing lobs. He was getting offensive rebounds. You know, he's just coming coming off an official visit to Arizona State, which is kind of, <laughs> I can see him and Bobby Hurley being potential matches from a personality standpoint. You know, Hurley kind of, kind of vibes with some guys like him, but I think he is a guy who has heard a lot of people say some somewhat negative things about him and his effort levels and maturity level. And I see a kid who's out there really trying to work on that, and I applaud him for that. I think that's well said. Um has a 39-inch vertical, highest vertical, according to the BAM testing here at OTE, Jason Jackson. Does that surprise you? 42-inch vertical from Jason Jackson, and second best, 41-inch from Samto. And finishing in the top three, Trey Parker, who is committed to NC State. I got a chance to talk to Trey yesterday. Give it a listen of what he is bringing to the Wolfpack. Really just getting downhill and seeing my big man, seeing my shooters, everybody. Just seeing the whole court. All right, a couple other guys to mention here before we wrap up. Jaden Mustaf, Damon Stoudemire, one of the 11 or 12 high major head coaches here. Uh, saw a guy who I think is exactly what we expected. Big, powerful, multi-positional. Um, Going to be able to get downhill, potentially defend multiple positions. Um, anything, anything surprise you about him today? No, not as much. You know, I think he's a guy that we essentially will get in a second that he kind of seems to be trying to figure out what his game is. He came up as a shooter. And then all of a sudden he got strong and athletic and started relying on that. And now he's not much of a jump shooter. He's the son of an NBA player. He's going to play for a former NBA player. But him and I sat down and he really spent a lot of time talking about that deal of how he used to be a shooter. And now that he's athletic, he's trying to figure out to get the shooting back and how good he can be once that all comes together. All right, let's check that out. I think... Uh, the area, I think the area the most that just helped me get to the next level that I hope my game the most, I mean, is the shooting part. I think that's the biggest piece. Um, and being here is really like it helped me already on that. I mean, I've been, I feel like I've, I, I can see improving myself every, every day. I'm in the gym, every day I'm working in the gym, shooting, just shooting, just shooting, getting my form right, making sure my base is right, just making sure everything's right. And I'm seeing the improvement on my, on my shots going in, misses and makes and all that. That's something that I know myself that I need to get mm -hmm. better at. That's not something that someone else needs to tell me. Like, I think I'm the first person to criticize myself on what I need to get better at. Um, so, I don't, so every time I see that, I mean, that's nothing that's taking me down. I mean, that's just knowing that I need to get better at it. So, I mean, and crazy, it's, cra it's really crazy because when I was younger, that's all I could do. I got older, right. I, I had no, no athleticism, athleticism when I was younger, none. And then uh, when I got older, I started getting more athletic. And, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, so now, I think just 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 working on I mean just working on everything I've been working on I mean I I think I think overall over time it's going to help me become the best player I can be. All right, as you can see here, there's just players upon players, so we keep going. Two guys, then then we're done. I swear. Uh, Tyler Jackson, 2025 guard uh, from Baltimore, coming off a huge grassroots season, just seemed to score at will in so many different environments. I thought he had a really good day here today. What'd you think? He did. He didn't force the action too much. He scored like we know he's going to score. But we saw some situations where he was a much more willing passer and mm. setup guy for others. And he's just got here, so he's just acclimating himself. But he's one that I had a chance to sit down to. And this kid is, he's Baltimore personified. Like, you know, when you've been around for years, you Baltimore kids have a toughness about them, just kind of a, a swagger. And he was really talking about how that's important to him and also representing his family and his city is right for him. All right, let's check it out.
I see my mother, my family, my whole family, where I come from is just hard. So I just try to use that as a motivation to keep going and keep pushing forward. I know a lot of people say that they come from it, but it's not like they don't really. Uh, we all been through a lot, you know, everybody been through a lot with their family, you know, with passings and all that, especially my grandma, she was like my biggest supporter. You know, her name was Woody, so uh, I do it for her, you know, and a lot of people that's gone, you know. Tyler Jackson, certainly one of the best young guards here. I think we have, I don't want to say we've covered everybody because there's tons of players here. Um, going to mention Darion Sutton, really interesting long-term prospect, similar to Ja'Kai Howard in that he's got that kind of wing size. Um, let's see here. Got the wing size for 6'8 with a 6'11 wingspan. We're talking about a lefty who's got a passing instinct. Now, early stages, he's an upside proposition right now, but the ceiling is very, very high. You like Brandon Crawford, thought he was a, he had a chance to be a sleeper? Yeah, Brandon Crawford is a, is a fifth-year guy, a prep guy who graduated high school in South Carolina last year, but 6'9", really light on his feet, bouncy, seems to be a very instinctive basketball player. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm surprised he's not on a high major roster somewhere right now developing, and I think he's a guy that, you know, when we circle back around to rankings at the end of the year, is a guy that we're gonna need to discuss, because I think a couple years down the road, he could really surprise people. Listen, here's the bottom line. There were a lot of players here today. There were a lot of players, there were a lot of NBA scouts, there were a lot of college coaches, and that is just a sign of things to come. As we see OT evolve now and, and have this amateurism component where players are able to come in here, take advantage of the platform, and yet still be eligible for college basketball, we've seen that have a tremendous impact on their ability to develop the overall depth of the program. It's only gotten better each and every year. And last but not least, we can't thank them for all the hospitality, for being be able to take this college basketball recruiting weekly show on the road and do it here live from just this absolutely magnificent OTE facility. Ebas has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it has been a lot of fun. And again, we can't thank OTE enough for their hospitality. All right, we will be back next week in the studio. You know where to find us, 247sports.com and the 247sports channel. Oh,